studio with me this morning, Chief of Party, Kenya Crops and Dairy Market System, Dr. Robert Mwadime. Uh, Dr. Robert uh, Mwadime is the Chief of Party, Kenya Crops and Dairy Market System, or KCDMS. Uh, Dr. Robert Mwadime, welcome to Capital FM. Oh, welcome. Thank you very much. I'm yeah. grateful to be here this morning. Yeah. Uh, I think we're having a little problem with that mic. One second. Let me see if I can fix it. Uh, one second. One second. Let me just move. This one out of the way. Put this one here. Okay, ah, that okay. should be better for you. Get nice and close to that mic for me. Okay, let's start, shall we? So, uh, what is uh, KCDMS? Okay, so KCDMS, or as you said, Kenya Crop Dairy Market Systems Project, is a project of USID. It's one of those projects that USID. Uh, has used to support Kenya in addressing specific mutual in uh, mutual problems that they have identified with the Kenyan people or the Kenyan government and so it was started by USID and the government and it has been operation for the last six years right so it was initially uh, a project for five years up to November last year but because of the challenges that we've been having, we were given one more year to help the government and the people of Kenya to address some of those challenges that came as a result of the droughts that we had, uh, failed rains, uh, but also because of the aftermath of COVID-19 and all the other challenges that we had. I think you remember we had locusts, we had the army warm, and uh, then the elections were coming, and so there was a lot of... It's always something, right? There's <laughs> always something. <laughs> yeah, and so actually USAID gave us additional resources just to support the people of Kenyan selected areas to be able to withstand or mitigate the effects of those challenges. We call them shocks. Right. Yeah. Uh, those are three main challenges. If you talk about COVID-19, you talk about the locusts mm -hmm. and the army worms, but locusts, obviously, we remember the locusts. And then, of course, the elections, which is always kind of uh, stops any kind of things happening during the, the pre-election campaign period. And then, obviously, when a new government takes over, there's always a little bit of a stall there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there are other issues around the agricultural sector uh, that, are, that are, you know, endemic uh, mm -hmm. within our country. Mm -hmm. uh, and we, you know, the good news is our current president, His Excellency Dr. William Ruto, is an agriculturalist by, by trade. So yeah. technically, you know, we've already seen a focus into the agricultural sector, into small-scale mm -hmm. and large-scale farming. Mm -hmm. um, do, do you work with government as an independent uh, organization that is backed by a foreign entity like USAID? Yeah, so the USAID uh, way of working is one that has uh, 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 an aspect which we call localization, mm. which is Kenyan people <clears throat> being able to identify their own challenges and bringing Kenyans together to address those challenges. And so because of that, we involve not only the government, the civil society, the media, uh, but also the private sector. So okay. our project was mainly to work also with the private sector and the county governments. So there's no way you can avoid the government, especially if you want the environment within the private sector, an environment within which the private sector will work very effectively. Right. So working with government is 
unobvious. Sure. <laughs> unobvious. And so we, we <coughs> as you have said, uh, U.S. said likes also aligning to the mandates of the government, mm. to the laws of the country, of course, but also trying to influence them so that they are more impactful and they are also able to address the needs of the very vulnerable people or the people that also USAID has interest in. Right. And and who are you? Who are these people for KDMS? Who are these people that uh, KD, sorry, KCDMS? Who are these people that you, these vulnerable people? Are these the, the, the rural uh, residing small scale farmers? Yes, so we normally work mainly with small-scale farmers. And by small-scale farmers, we talk people with less than five acres of land. Mm -hmm. uh, but we also do what we call social inclusion to mm -hmm. make sure, for instance, youth, adolescents, people living with uh, different kinds of disability are not excluded, but they are also socially included into the USAID programs. So, you know, as USAID, also there are other departments that have other interests, and mainly there are those who are interested in women, and mm -hmm. so they want women... Uh, young women specifically included in some of these programs. Uh, so inclusion and especially also diversity is one of our mandates to try as much as possible to include. Uh, our KCDMS worked mainly in rural areas, so we didn't work in urban, big urban areas. Although we worked within counties, and so within counties you have to work within the the urban areas. And because we were working with businesses, and you know, businesses <coughs> like where there are people, businesses like where there is demand, where they can sell. Sure. So you find in the peri-urbans of those places is where the businesses are situated, and it's also the places where probably they can sell most of their commodities. So marketplaces, the wet marketplaces, mm. markets of ours in those areas, we've been working with them. Okay. But we've also been working with supermarkets because we are working with the whole value chain and the whole flow of food. So it's from the production, which is mainly the smallholders, to the aggregators in between there, the transporters, and all those people who are trading and buying, but also where consumers go to buy food. That was gonna be my next question, yeah. and you've answered it, which is, you know, where does the value chain start and where does it finish? But it starts at the farm and yes. finishes at the, at the shop counter, basically. Yes, but okay. not only local shops. Mm. So we've been also working with export crops. I see. So crops that add value to the income and economic well-being of the households. Gotcha. So we've been also working with crops for export, like avocado, for instance, mm. mango, for uh, as another example. And so we we work with smallholders that also produce those, but make sure that they meet the needs of the market and they are able to float the final market that provide premium prices. Can I ask, can I ask a question here? Yeah. So what would be the eventual goal of this the this or these projects? What is the eventual goal? Is it to create a fully sustainable food sustainable country that feeds itself and then and can still export uh, its uh, produce, vegetables, uh, fruits, etc. So for USAID, the part of USAID that funded us has three key objectives. One is uh, an economic empowerment and making sure the economic well-being of the households we are working with mm. improve. 
uh, but also food security is very key to make sure that uh, those households and anybody else in the country is able to access healthy food, not just any food. Uh, and then the last one is to make sure that the malnutrition does not increase, that actually we are able to keep the nutritional status either better or just reduce any levels of malnutrition, especially in children and women. So those are three main objectives. Sure. But because we are working through the private sector is to make sure that everybody within that value chain earns a value in terms of money, mm. but employment and also satisfaction. Sometimes some of us start businesses just to, to see it and be satisfied. So it's to make sure at every part of that value uh, the value chain, there is value added at all levels. I see. Uh, now, we talk about that value. Um, where have we gone wrong in the past when it comes to creating the sustainability that you and this project at uh, KCDMS, with the help of USAID uh, and partners, obviously, uh, where have we gone wrong in the past? What, 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 what could have been done differently so that this initiative didn't have to take place? Let's put it that way. Uh, if you ask me now as a Kenyan, mm. I can say uh, we think of the whole supply chain of food sometimes differently. I, I mean, if you check what is happening now in the country with the strikes of high food uh, prices, there are those who are just thinking, I need my prices to come down for the food that I consume. If it is maize fly, I want it to come down. You're mm. not thinking of the whole supply from the farmer and where that food comes and what needs to be done for that food to be at the shelves at the price that you're actually thinking of. So the problem that we've been having is that we think of these in compartments rather than a whole flow of, of, uh, of chain uh, as a chain that if it breaks in one place, then obviously the, the rest of the chain cannot hold. And so rather than thinking of it from production, aggregation and transportation and storage of that food, and then finally um, it appearing on the stores, we think just where we are and we want that uh, at that level things to be good. And I think that's where we've made one big problem. And so because of that, we don't work as a team. We don't work all of us together as Kenyans with pride to know that I'm producing for someone in the village or I'm producing for someone in this who's going to buy this product from a supermarket and I'm proud of that. And then the next person takes it knowing I also have a pride to move it from one level to the mm. next level. Mm. So we don't work, all of us, with a pride as Kenyans. We just work to make money at whatever level I am doing. So you find the businessman, who is a middleman, as we call them in Kenya, they are just there to make money. Mm. And he's not thinking about the farmer from whom he's buying, neither is he thinking of the consumer who is going to consume that food. So the price, it just deflates the price the way it wants. The quality doesn't think I need to provide a very good-looking mango or a very good avocado, and I'm proud of that. But what's the incentive for that? If I'm, if I'm the guy, if I'm the person in between the farmer and the supermarket, yeah. I guess you call that the distributor of the product. Mm -hmm. What is my incentive to make sure that I'm giving the best product at the best price? Because systems <laughs> need to be put in place, right, for that to happen, which we clearly don't have. Yes. Yeah. I, I think one incentive, of course, the main one, the bottom line, is money. Sure. But, but if you ask me why are some of our neighboring countries, like, for instance, Tanzania, 
providing maize to Kenya at a very good price that we cannot even compete with our own maize here is because they are so well organized mm. and everybody is so committed to that organization that actually you cannot just go to Tanzania and buy maize anyhow. It is sold at the Kijiji level by a cooperative and you cannot just go there and pick it from one farmer and just sell. Mm. So they are so proud to do it together because they know by coming together we can actually be able to get the best price and to get and to get people the best product. Mm. And create competition in the market so price and quality become the uh -huh. defining factors of that product as opposed to how quickly can I offload it for whatever price I can get. Yes. So you find everybody is is trusts one another. Mm. So one big problem we have in Kenya is that we can't trust one another. So the incentive that we have us as Kenyans is only money. There's no incentive of providing a good product. There's no uh, incentive of working together. You know, there are people who just get joy by working together mm. and, uh, and producing something together that adds value to the common good rather than to individuals. Right, and eventually it will pay off for the individual if yeah. that system is yeah. put in place. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. Great conversation. When we come back, of course, uh, we'll talk about how this county selection is done. Uh, you've mentioned that you do work at county level uh, and uh, some of your greatest achievements so far mm -hmm. uh, within this project. All that coming up in just a few minutes. 98.4 Capital FM Having a great time today uh, in studio with my guest. Uh, really excited to have Chief of Party, Kenya Crops and Dairy Market System, Dr. Robert Mwadime, uh, joining us this morning. Uh, as we talk all about what uh, KCDMS, or Kenya Crops and Dairy Market System, does. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, I think it's important to, to point out that you've mentioned a, number, uh, a couple of times in the, in the first segment, Doc, that um, <clears throat> it's about improving the quality of life mm -hmm. of the people mm -hmm. that you are impacting. It's so as much as we are going to create a system where the supply chain from farm to market is standardized in some way so that there's not this, you know, cost cutting, backstabbing. <laughs> I can give it to you for cheaper. You can get it for this price, but rather a standardized system of quality products from an agricultural perspective. Mm -hmm. You've mentioned in the last segment a couple of times the improvement of the quality of life for everyone involved. Yeah. Is that the primary focus, to improve the life of everyone involved? Because if you take agriculture, for example, mm -hmm. if we improve our agricultural sector in the way that you have basically outlined for us this morning, mm. you know, that's a huge chunk of the population. Yeah. Those directly involved with the farm and those indirectly involved with the farm, including me, the consumer, <laughs> who will have a better quality of life. Yeah. And uh, the question is, what is quality of life? And yes. uh, if the quality of life is uh, the, your health, first of all, whether you are overweight, obese, and suffering from diabetes and non-communicable diseases and so on, if I'm going to prevent that by what you eat, and then I work now backwards how you get what you eat so that you eat the right food, but also that you are educated <coughs> rightly so that at the end, you are not overweight and obese, then that is true. If quality of life is you being able to afford to pay for your livelihoods, including school fees for your children, including your travel, including for your medicine and NHIF and so on, then yes, that's what we are, we are doing. But as I said, it's not only at the farmer level, 
it's also at all those other people within that chain. So even the traders, the aggregators, the transporters, those people work in the supermarkets and the consumer also. All of us must be able to benefit from this <coughs> whole initiative. So that's my role, is how do I mobilize my team, mobilize all my partners within that whole value chain, including the government, so that everybody within that value chain benefits according to what the definition of benefits is. Yes. So employment could be one of them, and it's a big benefit. People are not employed. They are able to get employment. So USAID asks me to report the full-time equivalence of the people that have benefited from their investment yes. within that value chain. And, and when you say benefit, again, you've mentioned it. it you know, where I sit, I'm, I, I don't own, own any farmland. I'm yeah. not going to be involved in transport or distribution of agricultural goods. But I probably am prone to lifestyle, <coughs> lifestyle diseases, as you mentioned. Yeah. So my quality of life will be improved if the quality of the produce is improved. So you're talking about across the board. Yeah, it's, it's, it's across the board. So if, for instance, we know in Kenya we've been having schools where children are eating food that is contaminated. Yes. And you hear all these cases of food that is contaminated. Quickly, my team will ask me, Robert, what has happened? What has gone wrong? Where can we play a role to make sure that this does not continue happening in this, uh, in the among this group of people, and so we will work so that those that value chain and that whole food system chain up to the school ensures that those children get good uh, food that is not contaminated, and that is of benefit to them. So the same thing with you if you are going to the supermarket, and there's all these foods, you have a choice to make. You can decide to be eating high-fiber foods, low-carbohydrates. You can decide to eat foods that are healthy to you. But can you be able to determine which foods are healthy to you? Sometimes you may think flour is healthy to you, but then it has aflatoxins. Right. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and nobody tells you about it, and yeah. you buy it innocently. Mm. How do we create that trust that actually you know when I go to buy what I think is healthy, it's actually healthy. Got you. And so having a, a, a whole system that is functional is what is our intention with USAID, to make sure that Kenyans are trusting, first of all, the system. The system is working, and the system is adding value to all of the people within that value. And it's sustainable because, again, systems can be there, but they are not sustainable mm. because some places it fails but also because of the shocks that are happening. So it must be resilient enough to also withstand some of these shocks that are happening. So food must be available, and we must think of it sustainably. It must be able to be produced within the climate change that is happening, within the different shocks, like we are seeing of locusts and so on, so that we sustainably have that food. There's got to be a lot of forward thinking, right? Because it's not yeah. its not necessarily, we can't be reactive anymore. No. We're going to have COVID-19s. We're going to have locusts. We know every five years we're going to have an election, yes. which you lose the year before <laughs> and the year after anyway, right? So it's a yeah. two-year spin on elections. Mm -hmm. So how much of what you're trying to implement is going to be proactive as opposed to reactive? Yeah, so that's that's why we must all, first of all, I think... It's so good to have someone like you who knows it is going to happen anyway. 
and we don't have to close our eyes because we know it's going to happen. Yeah, we're not ostriches. So we, <laughs> we, we, yeah, so we start planning and having measures and monitoring and looking ahead what are the signs, where are the red flags, where are the green flags, and we start monitoring that data. Of course, sometimes the data is wrong. I mean, if you remember early this year, the metrologist said it's going to be worse than it has ever happened. Yeah. Thank God it wasn't. <laughs> so sometimes there is bad data, but many times there is good data. Can you put systems in place where we can anticipate problems? Some of them we can't anticipate. The COVID came pop. And we couldn't anticipate. It knocked us. We didn't know where it's leading us. And planning was very difficult. And we had to be just reactive. But there are those situations where we know, like elections, we know. Drought. Drought, we can predict. Well, Semi-predict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. can semi-predict yeah. drought. And we can predict some things because they start somewhere else and they are coming towards us. Yeah, locusts. Locusts. And the question is, how quick are we? One thing you'll notice in Kenya is that we wait for the problem and then we do but, and, that, and that was my, my question because even <laughs> even our leaders yes. are reactive, right? You look at something like Shakahola and I, I, yeah. I'm, I don't want to deviate the conversation, divert the conversation anyway. Uh, you know, the warning signs had to be there. Yes. Now we're sitting here going, let's take action. But technically this could have been stopped two years ago. So we, we are a country of, uh, from our leaders down of, oh, this has happened, what do we do? As opposed yes. to, this might happen, this yes. will happen, this could happen. Yeah. What measures need to be put in place yes. to avoid another issue like last like year or the year this. before? Yeah. yeah. So, for instance, now everybody's talking there's going to be El Nino. and bring it back yeah. to us now. The question is, are counties knowing? And we know the effects of El Nino. They are going to destroy infrastructure. There's going to be flooding. There's going to be uh, soils getting carried away. Oh, and probably, even after the crops are in the uh, garden, we know they are going to be spoiled because of the moisture content. Now, knowing all that happens, I can tell you very few counties are planning for the El Nino to put the structures. So they can see this road here has been spoiled, but you won't see them repairing it because they know El Nino is coming, putting the gabions and being ready for the El Nino. Very few of us do it. It will be after it has destroyed, then you'll see everybody coming. There's always, of course, and there are people who like chaos because they benefit in the process mm. of the chaos. I mean, when a road gets spoiled, it's not you invest, you put more money. Somebody's somebody's it. salivating so, when that happens. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so you you can't. The problem is we can't separate uh, individual benefits from really. Uh, the, the spirit of trying to do well for this country. Sure. And I think that's where, as leaders, we should start pushing Kenya to trust leaders that when they say something, yeah. really it happens. I mean, and I, when they advise us, yeah. really it's not for their own selfish gain Some. and political. Some. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some. Uh, but no, I, I, and I, I'm really, you know, it is, it is comforting to know that our president, as I said earlier in the conversation, yes. is an agriculturalist. Yeah. So we know we're headed to that way because he also made a, uh, we're running out of time, but just two final questions. Mm. He also made a very strong, um, gave a very strong message during, uh, just after he got elected into office, uh, yeah. uh, His Excellency, uh, about the uh, gu guiding the youth towards agriculture. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lack of jobs. Yeah. Guys are coming out of high school, university, can't find work. Mm -hmm. um, and and the, the, 
one of the solutions that he had come up with was to guide them towards agriculture because we are an agricultural nation. Yes. Um, is that something that you're also focusing on, is getting youth employed within that sector? Big, big scale. That's okay. that's that's a requirement even from USAID. Either in response to the government or experience from elsewhere. <coughs> youth, adolescents, is a big uh interest of USAID. Hmm. And so everything we design, we must design it to also benefit the youth. Well, that's great. Remember youth, it's not every value chain that will be of interest to them. It's not every part of the value chain that they will be interested <coughs> in. They may not be interested in the jembe part, but they may be interested in the tractor repairs. They may be interested in adding value to something or transporting it to the market. Mm. Or so opening up a, a fruit stand, you know, something. Yeah, yeah, but 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 there's yeah. a huge amount of job opportunity within the entire value uh, supply chain from farm to market. There's yes. a huge amount of potential for job opportunity. Yes. Um, and it's great to see that yourself uh, as KCDMS and USAID are focused on engaging the youth because yes. look to make farming cool is going to be pretty hard <laughs> for uh, someone in their you know yeah, early yeah. 20s mm -hmm. but but again if it puts food on the table and I see my colleague from high school or university is building a house in you know some farmland mm -hmm. somewhere and he's got a farm and he's now supplying Carrefour or Naivas or Quickmart yes. whatever it is mm -hmm. I mean surely that alone would say maybe that's a decision I should also make so yeah. there is an opportunity yeah. within the agricultural sector for the youth to become employed because we are going to run into a big problem if this this unemployment amongst the youth continues in the next 5 10 15 20 years yeah you are very right and oh. we must choose value chains that uh, are, are very conducive for the youth yeah. like chicken yeah is very conducive for them. One, it keeps them busy, but also it has gain, high profitability. Sure. And within that value chain, there are many opportunities for them to get in at different nodes of the value chain. So it's to choose value chains that benefit youth. Or if you are targeting women, youth, also value chains that benefit them. For instance, if you choose cows, you know very well that uh, the female youth will not be part of it to a large extent. But if you choose indigenous chicken, if you choose goats, probably they will get involved in that particular value sure. chain. So it's also choosing value chains that benefit the youth. Yes. It's and not as cool as radio, <laughs> but it's still yeah. pretty cool to put, put money on the table and pay your parents back for paying for your school or college education, my opinion. All right, we've run out of time. Quick one for you, Doc. How can KCDMS be contacted? How do we get in touch with you? If anyone's got any questions, wants to you know, f help with funding, uh, wants to understand more about what you do, how do they get in touch? So if anyone is interested in uh, getting hold of us, very easy, just go type KCDMS USA, you'll just get all our details there. Uh, the other way is, of course, to get in touch with us, info at rti.org, and you will get hold of us or my telephone number where you can easily just send me a WhatsApp or a message, and I will be able to respond to you. So there are, there are very different ways, but also we are there in Westlands at West Hood, Okay. Uh, building on uh, just next to Sarit Center. I know where that is. We yeah, are yeah. there on the fifth floor. So if you come to the fifth floor, it's RTI. You'll find us there. Wonderful. Great to meet you, yes, Doc. Uh, I know we're going to see a lot of each other in the future. Uh, <laughs> yes. An absolute pleasure having you uh, join us this morning and really, really wonderful work you're doing. Okay. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Farid. 98.4 Capital FM.